Welcome back to Waterdeep Dragon Heist, a D&D adventure created by Wizards of the Coast, customized and ran by me, BD, the DM, and played by some of my great friends. If you have not listened to the previous episodes, starting at 01, we suggest you do that as each episode builds on the last, and each episode starts right where the last one left off. As explained in the first episode, this adventure is a teaser of sorts. The pandemic cut this adventure short, but the theatrics are here for you to enjoy. Despite ending on an unfinished note, we hope you find a lot to love. Expect new episodes of this adventure to drop until you see a final episode tag in the episode description of your podcast app. That's it. Let's get back into the game. Oh, and if this is your first time, welcome to the basement party. Alright, let's do it. Let's back in do it. Welcome back to Salad Cast. Yes. Talking about yes. all the most amazing salads out there. Yes. It's a podcast where you listen to us make a salad, but with no commentary. You just listen to the fact that we're making a salad. There's so, uh, that's probably out there. ASMR. Uh, so who's tossing the salad? Hey. hey. I mean, Ew. all of us. We're all going to toss salad. Okay. Yeah. I it's don't a toss my salad. Why? You are a dirty old man. You, you grab the tongs and flip it. Asshole. Does anybody hear you? Ask? I don't want nobody. Oh, I mean, you just said eat the booty like groceries. Oh, I'm sorry. No. What did the fuck? I didn't know what? we were talking about this. That's a fad. That's a fad nowadays. Oh yeah, for sure. I know fad. Jason doesn't. Domino almost got it. his salad tossed. The Mr. No, War Dragon no is one quite interested in you, Domino. He wants to be yes. your friend. I would. He wants to eat that ass. You would argue. You, I got nothing against I mean, his, I have. his people. Oh. I'm just like you. I you I mean, I'm already like an inch away. Like, <laughs> that is true. It's not you are like an inch away. And so, I'm already looking where the I mean, other stuff yeah, comes yeah, out. So, I mean, I mean it feels good. I mean, to get right. a finger up the butt and all things in the butt is fine, but not a tongue in the butt. All oh, right. Let's, uh, <laughs> welcome back to sex salad. <laughs> let's move on. Tug in the booty. <laughs> not, not a tongue in the butt. So. I have a feeling okay. that's getting edited out. I yeah, some not. of that will be. <laughs> some of it. Just, yeah. he'll leave, just, it'll just be Sean talking about the things he's willing to do. Just leave leave in I mean, tongue J- in the butt. Jason. This voice is Jason. Everyone remember, I'm Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. So it sounds just like... Eat in the booty. <laughs> if someone's booty sounds like that when you eat it... I, yeah, no, I said clean. <laughs> Pan in the next morning from Domino's room. This is Dernan's private room. <laughs> hey, Domino. Oh, Maloon. How are you? <laughs> you have a good night's sleep. <laughs> Do you remember any of it? <laughs> no? Good. Oh, man. Uh, that's not Domino's first time in handcuffs. Anyway. All right. So, night settles in um, over Waterdeep. It's a clear night. Um, I mean, you guys got the room at. You had, uh, your, you had your letter. Yeah. Ah. The card. Okay. I had mm-hmm. to open up my. Um, you want to open up your letter? I'm assuming that's what it is, based off the description. Right. Hollowed out animal tusk with bone made cap. It's very confusing hearing the night sounds, and it's bright as fuck outside. <laughs> Maybe one day you'll listen to it at night. Maybe. Yeah. Ooh, snap. <laughs> That was adorable. So if you scroll down, you'll be able to see the full letter. This is just the first page of it, the image, but the full letter is below. 
um, if you want to go ahead and listen along. As Kothar, in his room, goes ahead and finally opens up the tusk to read the letter that is for him. Blessed be you, kin. There is so much to say, yet no time. I am truly blessed that I had the vision to teach you the common letter for this very moment. When you return from the lands of man to the homeland, I beg you to forgive me and leave my bones uncursed for not telling you sooner that you are not alone. You have a brother, and your brother's hands are inspired just as yours. As you know, our kinfolk live in a fool's paradise, quick to torch the bodies of those gifted as yourself. It took all of my vision to protect you from them. I could not protect your brother, Atar. The tribe demanded his body be returned to the dirt. I just gained my seat on the council, and I was given the task to bring Atar to the hollow and send him to the dirt. He was only ten years. I could not do it. I did not do it. I took him out to the hollow and told him to flee to the lands of man, to a place called Waterdeep, where I knew the sons of the ill matter would accept him as an orphan until his modern year. He did so, and I lied. The only time ever in my life. I told the tribe I sent Atar to the dirt. When you came into this world, Kothar, I stood on my ground. I risked my seat on the council to argue on your behalf for why you should stay in the tribe. I did so because I could not send you to the dirt, and I could not send you to the land of man where our kind is misunderstood. It is not my nature. I heard from Atar years later, a messenger. He told me he had become a member of the hospice of St. Laupson, the son of Ilmatter, and I felt blessed. But maybe the land's resentment for me was not scorching him. The winter did come and claim so many of us. Now I lay here dying, the whole tribe dying, writing you my confession. <coughs> was I wrong, Kothar? Did I bring winter by not sending a tar to the dirt? By begging for you, for your inspired hands, to be tolerated in the tribe? Did I cause this? I do not know, and I do not understand. Maybe it was not meant for me to understand. Now the tribe has been punished, and only a handful remain. I will once again either curse us or bless us. I task you, as an elder with the vision to seek out a tar in the lands of man, in the city of Waterdeep, at St. Laupson's Hospice. Find him and learn from him. Become what you are and meant to be, then return to the homeland and use your gift to rebuild. Bring a tar if you can and ask him to forgive me and leave my bones uncursed. Your success will mean that we were tested and prevailed. Your failure will mean we were cursed all, all along. I am tired now. Bless be to you, kin. All right. I wonder what, how Kothar feels about that. Cool. <laughs> cool story, bro. <laughs> He's a lizard of so few words. So he probably rereads it two, three times just to kind of make sure he understands what his elder is referring to. Um, now knowing that he has a brother that's possibly in the city, on the opportunity, he's going to go and see if he can find him. Not 100% sure what the rest of it quite means, but hoping once he finds his brother, he can figure it out. Figure it out. All right. Sounds good. Anything? Anybody else doing anything before we break for the next day? 
All right. All of you sleep. All right. All of you um, wake the next day. Get your items and things together. I know, Tarok, you got up um, extra early. Do you go meet up with the others maybe at the yawning portal? No, we had said that we were going to meet at the skewer dragon at lunch. The skewer dragon at lunch. Fantastic. The skewer dragon? I mean, it's like five in the morning. You could probably not want to hang out in Dark Ward for, you know, seven hours. You um, follow the directions on your paper, and it takes you um, to an area of, once again, tall, kind of dilapidated tenements. Um, You dip into a smaller street, and um, you notice that there's not too many people or carts or traffic in this area. You step into the street... And in the still kind of morning, you can see some lingering mist as the sun rises and kind of heats up the land in the area. Um, you see that this street has several closed shops on one side. And on the other side, some tall, rundown um, tenement housings. Um, you see that there's only a few people kind of walking down this street. And they walk with their head down, kind of almost defensive. Um Shoulders hunched and maybe slouched over as if at any moment they were to look to run in some direction from whatever perpetrators. You see that the walls of the buildings are covered in posters and you see graffiti. You notice one storefront has its windows kind of busted and um, you see kind of to the left of the window, there is a painting of what seems to be an eye in a circle with several spokes and whatnot radiating off of it. You come to what seems to be the location. You see it's a shop, but you notice that the doors come boarded up. You see that um, there is some large front-facing windows on either side of the door with boards over them. You see directly to the left of the shop, there is one of these um, doors that leads into um, what looks to be um, a landlord apartment. One of those apartments that are kind of a staircase that goes up above the actual shop itself. The direction seems to indicate right here in this area. There's some trash whatnot blowing in the wind on the streets. There's no one around. You see um, the door to the shop is boarded up. And the door on the left side of the shop seems to be made out of sturdy metal or some. All right. Um... Does this particular address uh, abut the next two buildings, or is there a back? Is there an alley? That you I- see that there's no alleys, yeah. that these buildings are pretty much all adjourned for, you know, s- several feet or so, yeah. you know, 60, 80 feet. Um, all right. Well, then in that case, I'll, um, I'll go up the landlord staircase and knock politely on the, uh, on the landlord's door. So you note that, um, I guess what I was describing is that there's a door, and then probably beyond that door is a hallway with a staircase that leads up to the apartment. Uh, okay. So the door is like right on the street, actually. Um, I'll knock on it. You come up to the door. You knock on the metal. No one answers. But you feel a sudden tingling. Gobby sense? Yes. <laughs> it's coming from your side pouch of maybe where you have the letter folded up from Lord Hothamer. I'll take out the letter. You take out the letter, and you see that it's glowing slightly. You unfold it. <laughs> I love 
love it. <laughs> that was excellent. Yeah. Stumped. I'm so I'm I'm anticipating. <sighs> you see the letters on the actual note itself begin to magically glide and slide around the paper. You see that some letters disappear and some materialize into view. You see it swirls and forms a message. It says, it can pierce the best armor and make swords crumble with a rub. Yet for all its power, it can't harm a club. I say out loud, Water? Wind? Rust. Did you just look that up and send that as a message, somebody? Uh-uh. I didn't have to look anything up. <laughs> Why is he right? I mean, it makes sense. Rust makes sense. That's what I was getting at with right, water yeah. and wind. Like, I was like, oxidization. But there's no way I know that word. In that case... <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> you hear a clink. And then the door slides open. I leave. This is too much. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Fuck this backstory. Make a new one. I hate magic. No, I'm just kidding. You see um, a dark staircase leading up. I go up the staircase cautiously. You begin walking up the steps. You see that there is kind of tattered wallpaper draping off the walls. You come up to the top of the steps, and you see there's some rubbish. There's an old, what looks to be bucket, and like a mop in the bucket, dangling. I'm sorry, leaning up against the corner. Immediately to the right, you see that there's another door. You feel tingling once again. I look at the note. <laughs> you see the letter swirl on the note once more. And it says, better old than young. The healthier it is, the smaller it will become. Penis. <laughs> oh man uh, I almost wanted to just say the door opens <laughs> You're right <laughs> better, better old than young The healthier it is The smaller it will be I'm not good at riddles And neither am I <laughs> Jason Remember this voice is Jason <laughs> You stare at the letter. Whiskey? Hmm? Whiskey? That's not... That's not the chime of correctness at all. That's just creeping It in. is not. Shite. All right. Um, you suddenly hear a rattling. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> save me? <laughs> you hear it coming from behind you. I mean, I turn and look. You turn and look. And you see the mop in the bucket begin to rattle. You see it flies up out of the bucket. Fantasia. And it flies towards you. You can roll me initiative. Yeah, all right. It's spirited away. 
spirited away. I remember this from that Miyazaki play. <laughs> what did you get? Nine. This animated object. Roll the twenty on the dice. <laughs> it flies I never towards you. Trusted mops. It tries to hit you once with a twenty total. <laughs> well, let me just take a look at my armor class. Yeah, no hits. <laughs> The room thwacks you, and you take three points of bludgeoning damage. Ow. You see, it quickly tries to sweep your legs out from under you with a second attack, and with a 19 to hit. Also hits, yeah. You take another three points of damage. Thwack! I am at 50%. Great. (laughs) What do you do? It is your turn, Taruk. I mean, I'm going to attack it. You're going to stay in attack, all right. Um, that is a 17 to hit. You hit it. I'm going to go ahead and uh, I'll offer you nine damage from my longsword and I'll fury of the small and give it another one. So 10 damage. Your blade cleaves into the broom, breaking off the kind of the lower, I'm sorry, the mop, the lower portion of it. Um, you see it clatters to the ground, but the upper half of this object is still there. And then I will bonus action second wind. You focus and you grit your teeth, Taruk. Oh, that's a nine. So I'm back to full. Ah, bring it, mop. All right. The mop tries to thwack you twice. With an 11, will miss. That will miss. The second attack, though, is a natural 20. That will also miss. <laughs> Please. <laughs> You're going to get killed by a mop. All right. Backup character's ready. You'll take nine points of bludgeoning damage. All right. It is your turn. What do you do? I'm going to attack it again. All right. I'll take that. 20 to hit. You hit it. And 12 points of damage. 12. You cleave it in half. The remaining piece and it clatters to the ground. That's a lot of damage. That was max damage. Yeah, that's 10 plus 2. Wow. You're now back in front of this door, breathing a little bit heavier and feeling uh, some welts. I'm going to kick the bucket down the stairs. (laughs) (laughs) I don't trust it. You yeah, kick the bucket, yeah, it clatters yeah. and I mean, I'm, I'm at three hit points, I might kick the bucket um, I'm going to look at this riddle again And Taroke's going to think real hard about it Alright <laughs> Can I have an intelligence one for a clue? Sure Taroke has no intelligence modifier So this is great Hey, 17 hmm. I would have never got it Oh, do you know what it is already? That's fair I just, like... Well, your frame of reference, you would imagine that if somebody's going to give you riddles and they wanted you to be able to answer them, it would have to be things that you know. War, fighting, Um, uh, swords and items and things and... Wound. Wound. The door (laughs) opens, revealing a a small Thank you. That was perfect. Yeah, I still wouldn't have even gotten I had to, I had to, healthier, I had to put myself in Tarok's mindset with that clue. A wound. Yeah, the healthier a wound is, the smaller it will be? Yeah, because yeah. it's healing. It's um, closing up. I wouldn't. I, even with the hints, I wouldn't have gotten that. Oh, my paper cuts still <laughs> suck. Well done, Brent. No problem. You step into this empty, dust-filled <gasps> apartment. Garden. Garden broom wounds. Broom wounds. <laughs> Yes. Um, you see that the windows are boarded up, but there's kind of like um, slats kind of open in between them and s- 
light from outside filters in. You see an object in the center of the room. It looks like a chair, and it looks like someone sitting in the chair. Kind of slumped over. What kind of chair? It looks like a regular wooden chair. Like a like a dining room chair? Not yes. Like a, not like an armchair or no. a bar stool? No. Um, you see there's nothing in this place. It's just dust and dirt and grime. You do note there is one other object I will go ahead and say is in this room. You see a small box in the corner, far corner. It looks to be made out of metal, and it looks to have a crank lever shaft attached to it, and it's open. I mean, I'd like to cast detect magic, but I can't. So, um, you look using your dark vision as it kind of adjusts, and you're able to see that this person sitting in the chair is not a person at all. It's some construct of some sort made out of metal. You see this kind of rusty and slumped over. Have I entered the room yet? You're standing at the door, looking in. Great. Hello. Um. Lord Hothmar, it's me. I have come as bidden. No one answers. It's nice to meet you, no one. No. You do see the head kind of jerk a bit of this creature sitting in the chair. And you see it slowly looks up and then turns its head and look in your direction. You see circular animatronic kind of like eyes light up. I mean, does it do anything else? No. I'm just looking at it. It looks at you. Hi, I'm I'm Tarok. It's nice to meet you. It looks down at its chest. It then puts his hand on its chest. You see something circular light up as almost if it pushed a button. You then suddenly see a kind of point of light shoot out from its chest and expand and materialize into what looks to be an illusion of an older man. You suspect that this is some illusion of Lord Hothmer. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. Right? <laughs> the illusion of this man, you see he's dressed in a simple kind of gray tunic. You see that he's sitting in some type of chair, but it's kind of distorted a bit, and it's hard to make out any surroundings rather than him. You see that he's a bald man, and he has a small kind of a pointed beard. You see that he looks kind of straight ahead, as almost as if he's speaking into something that is obviously recording him. <sighs> All right. Hi, Tarok. Obviously, at this point, you realize that um, there is no Lord Hathamir here. And Tarok realizes that. And if you are listening to this, you can probably suspect that something bad has happened to me. Actually, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. That I'm most likely dead. What I want to do is recruit you to go ahead and solve the issue of why I died. See, I have a villa out in Undercliff Village. I have many servants, and I've worked really well for the people. You don't know it, but I will tell you it now, and I hope that you would keep this a secret. At least not tell those who you think would um, use this information against you, but I am one of the mass lords of Waterdeep. You may not know what that means, but it's something that's very, very important. Over an extended period of time, I've noticed that my servants were watching me. They seemed to be taking note of the things that I did, places I went. I would travel to Undercliff Village in order to make speeches and talk about the upcoming uh, action items for whatever season. 
and I would get grimaces and looks. I thought I was paranoid, but I'm afraid I wasn't. I would find graffiti in, on my villa, and people would throw items through my window. Rocks with messages kind of wrapped up in them, wishing for my death. My first suspect, and kind of still is actually, is that the Growlhund family. I work with them, but they've always wanted my business. My business being obviously, you know, trafficking in all types of items throughout the realms. The Growlhunds are in uh, manufacturing weapons, and they would love to be able to just own the trade routes themselves. I suspected maybe they were hiring somebody to assassinate me, but that didn't seem to be the case. I hired my own investigator, a man named Vincent Trench. He was able to go ahead and find out that the people themselves, the servants, the people in Undercliff Village, they were plotting this on their own accord. They wanted to seize my land and use it as a base for some type of operation. They talked about some thing or somebody or some concept called no one. I'm afraid this spells bad times for Waterdeep. I don't think anybody's paying attention to this. And if this thing spreads, who knows what can happen to the city. I went ahead and got my items together and I was planning to go ahead and flee to visit my sister across the realms near Cormier. I created a box and inside this box were several paper birds with messages. I set it so that every day until my ready leave date I would have to come in and crank it and wind it up to prevent it from going ahead and opening and sending the messages inside. If I did not arrive and do it every day, then the box would open and the messages would be sent, indicating that something bad happened to me. I hope this turns out to be nothing, and maybe I'm just paranoid, but I don't think so. I need you, Taruk. You're an honorable. I can watch you from afar, using magical items, as you can imagine. And I've seen your work. I've seen your honor. I've seen your discipline and your respect. I've tried going to the City Watch. In explaining my situation, no one seems to listen. I went to the guard, and no one seems to listen. Everybody seems to be preoccupied with some type of gang war inside the walls. Not seeing this rising up around them. I even complained about the Growlhuns, and no one has ever gotten back to me. I'm afraid that it may be too late before they get around to doing anything. I want you to go to my villa. Since I'm probably dead, if you're listening to this, I imagine they've probably taken it over and is using it as their base of operations. Find friends. Find the information necessary to convince someone, the open lord of Waterdeep, whoever, that something bad is happening in the city. I don't know what no one is. I don't know who that is or what exactly is going on. But it spells disaster, as I've stated. I trust you, Tarun. All right. Are we done? Was that good? <laughs> that was good? Good. Oh. I didn't turn this off. I should go ahead and mention that my nimble right here, Gregory, will contain this message. I've asked him to go ahead and make a trek to go to Comir to visit my sister after this message is displayed. All right. Goodbye. I think that was pretty good. What do you think, Gregory? you see a click off you're left looking at Gregory who then stands up looks at himself kind of shakes off the dust on his body look at you see then looks straight ahead and begins casually walking towards you um 
Gregory, before you leave for Cormier, uh, is there anything else that you can indicate to me that might be of assistance? It looks down at you and then points to his face. You notice it has no mouth. Well, yeah, I'm aware you can't talk. I, indicate to me, like, you know, point me in the right direction, quite literally. So I, I'm like, you see it tilts its head. You see it then bends down on the ground and in the dust kind of draws this oval and writes water deep inside. Then draws an arrow to where Undercliff Village is and then draws another arrow south, giving you a rough indication of where um, Lord Hothamir's villa is. All right. I appreciate that. Uh, any chance you want to stick around and help me with this? That message in your, in your chest there could uh, be used as good evidence to recruit, you know, assistance. I know you have orders, though. It shakes its head. It then casually steps around you. I, walks uh, down the steps. I put out my hand to shake. It doesn't shake. It just... I draw my sword again. <laughs> <laughs> the blood of the broom still... No. And it just casually walks out the door onto the street. It stops, looks left and right, then makes a right, and just walks off. All right. I'll look around the room, see if there's anything else here. Doesn't seem to be. Can I go over the crank box? I mean, it sounds like yes. the one he was describing. But Correct. It's open? It is open. You see there's dust inside. Empty? Empty. Mm. It's not bolted to the ground or anything. I mean, I don't need this. All right, there's nothing. I'll probably come back and get it later if I want. Right. Um, nothing else, than just a chair and a crank box and Correct. some dust. All right. Um, about what time is it in the morning now? Oh, it's you know, mid-morning. All right. I am going to take a short rest and then head towards the uh, spiky dragon. All right. Domino, um, what do you do? You wake up in the morning. You have a slight headache, but you're okay for the most part. Wake up in the I'll, I'll make my way downstairs. And you see Dernan is already up. You see that he's uh, has a whole bunch of glasses. He's uh, stacking and putting away. You see Bonnie is already taking chairs from off of the tables and setting them up around um, the yawning portal. You see there's some early wakers up there, too, with some breakfast in front of them. That's about it. Walk up to the uh, the bar, climb up on a stool. Do you do breakfast? Darnin, he doesn't even look at you. He goes, yep, we have a simple menu. You see he reaches under the bar, takes out a piece of parchment, slaps it in front of you. You see the usual suspects. Like the whole cast? Yes. I stay away from Kevin Spacey. Um, I, I point to the uh, one of the items. I'll take the chicken and waffles. You see he nods and goes, Bonnie, order up. Bonnie goes over. Darnin goes, chicken and waffles. Bonnie looks at you and smiles. Chicken and waffles it is. You see she disappears back behind in some other kitchen area. If you don't do anything else, she, I mean, she gets your breakfast. It comes out hot. Eat my breakfast using surprisingly decent table manners. Okay. Then make my way slowly around town, checking out shops for uh, any easy... Easy marks. The shops you find don't seem like they have um, anything of really that much value in it. Um, even if you ask around, you note that most of the valuable wares are in the trade ward. Okay. Shops around here have some like basic household stuff. Uh, I take note of any like gang tags or graffiti I might see around. Roll me an investigation. I think that's going to be a 13. You notice an assortment. You see some with this uh, eye inside of a circle with spokes coming out of it. Sorry, is that 15? 15. 
and um, you notice some other um, painted um, symbols of the Zentarum, kind of the winged serpent. You do notice occasionally that um, you see some SS's here and there. Okay. While I was hanging out with the uh, the guys in the back room, did I get any word on the other gangs that were active in town at the time? Yes. Because I believe I would have asked about effectively the lay of the land and the current gang politics as to not get myself into extra trouble. They mentioned to you, DeVille in particular, that the major ones running the show around here is um, the Xanathars and, of course, the Zentarum. DeVille would have indicated to you that the Xanathar is really just a bunch of hardened criminals. Most of them not that smart and really in it for the gold. DeVille would have looked at you seriously and told you that their leader lives in a place that leads to um, a kind of smuggler black market city called Skullport, deep in the um, undermountains, or not, sorry, not undermountain, but um, what am I saying? Where the drow live? Underdark. The Underdark is where this lair, this Skullport is. Okay. DeVille would have told you that there are all types of smaller gangs that rove the streets. One of them being the Plague Rats, which is a league of were-rats. Another one called the Sewer Snakes, which is some goblins that like to hang out. And the Shard Shunners. Uh, Lastly, the Wharf Rats. Sorry. Those last few, he doesn't really seem to be that concerned about. They're mostly into low-level crime, although they can be useful for certain things. Well, then, I, I don't really do anything too interesting. I'll just end up making my way down to uh, the Winking Skeever, or the Skewer Dragon. Um, <laughs> you make your way down uh, the Dock Ward to the Skewer Dragon, and you come to um, a extremely densely packed um, um, sky rises that go up about five stories or so of busted down, sagging um, tenement apartment housing. Very tight alleys and trash. You note that most of the people here dress in Dre garb and the buildings are so high that it just kind of blots out the sun and only at high noon do you really get any sunlight in this area. It's windy and a bit kind of humid. As I'm going through that crowded street Mm -hmm. in the dimly lit rough and tumble part of town, I may kind of take my chances and try to pickpocket a guy or two. Okay. Just uh, somebody who seems like they're not paying attention or otherwise preoccupied. You look around for people who look like maybe they can be um, exposed to being pickpocketed. And you notice something something interesting in one alley. You see there are two guys in there and they both seem to be dressed in very fine clothing. They don't look like they're from this part of town. You see they both take off their like vests and roll up their sleeves. You see they seem to be like talking a lot of crap to each other. One of them puts down his coin purse and the other guy does the same. And you see it looks like they're about to fight each other. I'll watch for a minute, see if they start fighting. You see they scream and point at each other. Then they kind of bump chests for a moment. Then finally one guy swings. The other guy kind of ducks it and then kind of grabs somehow around the waist. And they both tumble to the ground in the alley and begin wrestling and rolling and fighting each other. As they're rolling about, I'll, uh, how, how deep in the alley is there? Uh, they're about stuff? 30 feet in. 
I'll pass on that one. All right. That is um the only one you really kind of see um, that looks like somebody's ex- exposed for a moment. I don't want to. I don't want to cause any problems for the uh, the Zints. Okay. And going that deep into an alley doesn't seem like the the brightest idea right now. As you're walking, you suddenly feel a hand clasp on your shoulder tightly. I turn around and look up, ready to tell uh, Maloon. <laughs> I, I appreciate the attention. <laughs> Stalker? <laughs> I love the way you walk, Domino. Yes. No. <laughs> you don't see Maloon War Dragon. Instead, you see a gnome female. You see she has kind of fizzy red hair that's um, put up into a single kind of ponytail. She has kind of like um, black circles under her eyes and she looks a bit haggard. You see she's dressed in kind of a simple um, brown leather armor. You see that she carries kind of a a dagger. She goes, (laughs) look at that. I guess I won the bet. What, you found a a better looking gnome than yourself? That's not hard. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. No, I found the only gnome in the city wearing a goofy hat like that. What kind of hat do you call that? It's it's a bowler, and it's all the rage down in Baldur's Gate. Well, you're not in Baldur's Gate anymore. Hey! I'm in Ugly Town by the looks of it. Hmm. You see she kind of gives you a look up and down. What are you, like 800 years old? If I was good looking, you probably couldn't get it up anyway. Hey, Sly! You see that she screams out. Sly! Over here! I told you I saw him! You see a couple people kind of push their way through um, the crowd of other folks who don't seem to be interested in getting into anybody's problems here in the dock ward. You see a familiar face. You see a tall human, really sl- skinny and slender. He looks almost emaciated and extremely pale skinned. You see he has long brown hair and a loose ponytail and he has acne across his face and kind of a gruffy, splotchy, short beard. You see his narrow eyes, um, and he always looks like he's on the edge of about to burst out, maybe laugh or join in on a joke. You see that he looks down at you, and he goes, Domino! (laughs) You see the female gnome goes, come on, cough it up, cough it up. You see Sly rolls his eyes, he goes, all right, all right, you win the bet. You win. You see he reaches in a coin purse, and you see that he flicks over to her, Looks to be a single gold coin. There you go. All right? <laughs> you know, being undercover, you're not that hard to find at all, buddy. I'm the best looking gnome around. Of course I'm not hard to find. From his side, he takes out a rolled up broadsheet and he tosses it at you. You catch it. Unroll it. Yeah, look at the article in the bottom right there. Uh, gnome, boiler, uh, bowler hat, part of some scene with a dray crashing in the middle of a court. Oh, yeah, um... First day in Waterdeep. What can you say? It's an exciting town. Won a ticket. Speaking with Volo. Volo hangs out at the Yawning Portal. Yeah, I was there. Go talk to some people at the Yawning Portal. What of it? Find out that you may be heading to the Skewer Dragon. Come on, buddy. You know better than this. Where, where is this? I'm reading the article. It doesn't say nothing about no Skewer Dragon. No, but people talk. How long you been here that you got people talking to you? You see that he comes up and he puts his hand on your back. He goes, Domino, it's been fucking amazing. Man, you're late to the party, actually. Come on. Come with me. Walk with me for a bit. Don't worry. I won't keep you too long. Yeah, okay. What's with this ugly bitch you got with you? You needed another another gnome friend when I was was away? You couldn't stand being away from somebody of my stature? Look, don't 
Don't start anything. You see that um the gnome looks at you and she sticks out her tongue and then she kind of spits in your direction as she's walking behind you guys. Good girl, swallow. Domino, calm down. That's part of my gang now. I'm running my own gang. Again? Wait. Well, not again. I mean, last time it was not... Um, we don't need to talk too much about that. Look, I don't know what you're doing. I'm still trying to go ahead and figure that part out. It's easy to go ahead and um, get a few people talking over at the Yawning Portal. You going to the Skewer Dragon? Maybe you can update me really quick. Then I'll update you. What are you doing? Uh, that bop. Bolo. He offered me a job. All adventurous style. Mm. I took it. Said he'd give me money. If he doesn't, I'll take some money from him. He looks to be good for it. Yeah, you really shouldn't be hanging around them types up there. Well, you you don't like the central water deep boys? First of all, Volo's way too fucking high profile. Weren't we supposed to be laying low? How am I going to get you inside of the Zentarum if you're not laying low? You're hanging out with Volo, for Christ's sake. For Paylor's sake. <laughs> I won the golden ticket. What, am I supposed to turn down a golden ticket? Yes. But that's beside the point. So ever since I've been here, let's just listen to me. I mean, as your people... Linked up with the Zentarum, and I'm telling you, it is kicking. We're spreading out, Domino. Spreading We're out? taking over other cities. That's what happened in Baldur's Gate. Finally, the Zentarum actually rising to the occasion. Doing something. Not just doing low-level smuggling shit here and there. Actually doing shit that these other stupid factions are doing. <coughs> you know? Being powerful. Being, being something... And we're here at the beginning of it. I came in, I linked up with the Zents. Boom, got my own gang. I even have my own sanctuary, man. I got my own house. That sounds nice and all, but also sounds like trouble. <laughs> sounds like trouble? Who, who am I talking to? Is this Domino? Are you, am I sir? Yes, Dom. I, we both know, we, we both saw what happened back in Baldur's Gate. Look, sometimes, you know, bad things happen. But good things come of them, right? We survived. Yeah, not all of us. Hey, I mean, Smiles wasn't that great of a guy anyway. He did his own shit. Nobody's denying that. Look, maybe you can. I can get you into the fold. Actually, Flo is looking to meet you. You know who called us here, right? It was Flo. He's like one of the top dogs in the Zets. He'd be willing to give you your own gang and stuff, too. Tell you what, I've got this gig, 100 G's. That's nothing. Think about it. I got a bunch of freaking squares following me, doing what I ask. I got my own place and my own stash. This is the time to get in. Okay, you can get your 100 G's. I get it. I understand. The dragons are big, but you got to come. You got to come check out my place. I'm working. You, you know me. My word... It's good for what it's good for. You still got your coin, right? Because you're gonna need that. Prove you're part of the Zens. I, I, I don't. I don't lose nothing. Okay, good. Now, I'm. I'm on this job. I said I'd do the job. I'm doing the job. That's, That's fantastic. You, you know me. What type of job are you doing anyway? Looking for some mook. You see that he stops in his tracks. Who are you looking for? Some. One of the, the that Bob's buddies. What does he look like? Human, uh, red hair, fancy lad himself. 
And that sack of crap Volo told you? Told me he'd give me 100 Gs to find the guy. Hmm. I say... He looks look confused for, for a second. Just make sure you come visit me, alright? Of course. Let me... I like you. We, we go back. When I come visit you, I'll bring gifts with my Good. 100G that I made. Fantastic. Bring you a nice... Nice whiskey. You see that he takes out a small piece of parchment and he goes ahead and writes down some brief instructions to apparently where his trap house is at. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... He goes, take care of yourself and lay low. I'm telling you, stay away from that yawning portal. Nothing but a bunch of sissies hanging up there anyway. One of them tried to get me in bed with him. What? These people up here... They don't know no manners. I mean, yeah, he tried to woo me, bought me a drink, paid for a room. I don't roll that way, though. Not anymore. <laughs> Not ever since I left the college. <laughs> <laughs> Look, whatever. And be on your best behavior when you do show up to my place. Don't embarrass me in front of my gang like you did a little bit here. I'll see you soon, all right? Absolutely. You see, then he goes off into the crowd. All right. 